0: father god lord i thank you for today i thank you for this moment god that we can be together god that we can come together lord that we can come together and look at your word that we can come together and challenge ourselves to live as you've called us to live lord i pray today that we would be challenged lord i pray today that our hearts would not quake but that we would rise to that challenge god Lord, I pray today that we would go out of this place on a different level. Lord, that it wouldn't just be just another sermon, but it would be something that grips our hearts, Lord. Lord, uh, I pray that we get a clearer picture of what it means to live as your son or your daughter in this world. Lord, I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, come and settle on this place. Come and settle on this place. Lord, you know where each person's at, that you meet them where they're at and you speak to them and you minister to their hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. By the way, guys, also, if anyone um, was healed from that stuff that I said um, during during the worship, please come tell me afterwards. If you have it it and nothing's changed, still come and let's pray afterwards as well. So, guys, it's great to be speaking with you today. This is a, it's a hard one to read. Um, it's great to be speaking with you today. I'm just back from Nepal, as you guys know. I just got back this morning. Um, and I was over there. We'd launched Destiny Church, Poor, And whilst I was out there as well, I was, I, did two day, I was there for three days, so I did two full days of teaching in a Christian leadership center, which is in the building where the church is meeting, and then we launched the church there as well. So it's been a full-on few days. This is the culmination, then I'll collapse at the end of it, but it's, it's been an amazing time. And so we launched the church there, and with there as well, these amazing students from all different provinces around Nepal who just got this heart to see the nation changed. Young people, 19, 18, some of them early 20s, some of them in their later 20s, willing just to go out and plant churches, willing to go out and lead ministries in other churches. It's awesome, very exciting. As we, launched the, as we were launching the church, during the service, we had maybe about 15 to 20 people healed during the service. We saw incredible stuff happen through through that launch service. We saw someone who could barely, couldn't see well, couldn't read, he said the words were moving around all blurred on the page could see. We had, a, we had a lady who had really painful feet um, with skin disease, and the, the skin stayed the same, but she said all the pain left her feet. We had a lady who had very pain, lots of pain in her chest, and every time she breathed, that hurt, and that just completely went. We had someone with a frozen shoulder. They couldn't lift their shoulder. That completely went. It's just this incredible, and there was, there was other stuff. Someone was shooting pains all through their arms. That completely went. God just did an amazing thing, and I, I really feel that some hallmark for destiny in Nepal that it will be a real church of healing so be praying for that church as, as it's launching out be praying for Pastor Daniel and be praying for the work that they're doing in that place you guys may remember a while back I shared a story that those guys had told me um, Of people in church in Nepal and they said approximately eighty percent of everybody in church Christians in Nepal are Christians because they've been healed because they've experienced the healing power of God that they've come face to face with God and they're in the church Today's message is apt. I didn't plan it like this, but God seems to plan things out well. Um, today's message is apt because although you can't read it because it's so powerful, it's called holiness and power. Okay. Holiness and power that's the that's the title for today and i I believe you know guys that there's something in that that for us who've walked with god for a long time it's almost for me it's been like a jigsaw piece going into place in my heart almost this bit that i hadn't turned the volume up fully on for those of you who maybe don't follow jesus i hope today that you would see him for who he is not about religion but about life and power My heart cry for us is that we would live in the center of this message, that our church environment here would embody and demonstrate this message, a place of holiness and purity and a place of power, that we would reflect it to each other and to the world. My heart is that we'd plant something here, we'd water something here that would grow big and strong in us, that we would pass to our children and our children's children, that it would be who we are, that it would impact the next generation, because holiness and power would be the normal environment our kids grow up in. So, the title, although you can't read it because it's too powerful, is Holiness and Power. Okay. Two weeks ago, because we had the baby dedications last week, which was awesome. Two weeks ago, we did part one in this series, which was Holiness the Basics. This week is about the relationship between holiness and power, purity and power. And whilst we don't particularly all love history, I want to give you a little bit of a history lesson, um, only the last hundred years, a little bit of a history lesson of holiness and power. And so I... For, for over about a hundred years, there, there's been this slight divorce between holiness and power. And in recent years, they have been coming back together, which is great. But that divorce resulted in certain streams of Christianity really pursuing holiness, and certain streams of Christianity really pursuing power holiness guys really highlighting the importance of holiness and the holy spirit's role in that leading us into it the power side that the importance of the holy spirit for the ministry of power at the end of the 1800s so a little bit more than 100 years ago the end of the 1800s, many churches, many mainline churches, were experiencing this holiness and power together. For example, along with many other denominations, but the Methodists in the states, they they were seeing Pentecostal, charismatic type expressions of worship and happenings in their services before Pentecostalism ever existed. Before it was kind of a word for a denomination. Entering the 20th century. That's uh, 1901, that, that time. Entering the 20th century, many of these great Christian leaders were praying for this move of God. We want to see an incredible move of God, a revival, a move of the Holy Spirit to push us into the 20th century. A revival. Awesome. They prayed and prayed and prayed, and God did move. He moved. In 1906, on April the 9th it was raining that wasn't raining. on April the 9th 1906 God moved mightily through a very small church in an african-american community the church was a little church in fact the church was basically a shed on a street in LA called Azusa Street the Azusa Street revival began many people would call that and link the history of Pentecostalism back to that moment back to the azusa street revival but in that moment because it wasn't what everyone expected it wasn't received well by everyone but many who prayed for revival prayed for the outpouring of the holy spirit prayed for this incredible move of god ended up saying no and preaching against it turning away from it not getting on board with it And so, over the next decade, what we begin to see is a slight divorce begins to happen where holiness gets magnified in one camp and power magnified in the other camp, and both streams lost out. Those in the holiness camp didn't jump onto what God was doing in that moment, what was going to be, and we've seen, the greatest move of God in history the Pentecostal movement of the 20th century. You know, imagine if some of the mainline denominations that didn't follow that had jumped on board with that church. History may have been very different. There's never been any kind of move of God like that. Not just Christian, any kind of move like Pentecostalism, the explosion of people joining that the Pulitzer Center um, has these stats that it reports that Pentecostal charismatic independent Christianity amounts to a quarter of all Christians on the planet. A quarter. It's a quarter of two billion believers. That's a move that didn't exist 100 years ago after 2000 years, right, of Christianity. It's been the fastest growing movement ever on planet Earth with 35,000 people becoming Christians into the movement every single day. That's a lot of people, right? That's a lot of people. In the last hundred years, there's been an incredible number of people coming to faith. We've seen some of those meetings where you have hundreds of thousands in Africa come to faith like that in one day. Many, many people all across the world have come to faith. just like in Nepal because they've experienced the power of God they've experienced the power of God but also in this the Pentecostals missed out because there was a weakened emphasis on purity and holiness and the movement as a whole as amazing as it is can arguably can be argued that it was weakened because of that See, theologically, the difference was that the holiness camp believed that the Holy Spirit's work in a believer was this continued sanctification into holiness, which it is, which it is. But that camp very often attributed the extent of the work of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit, to living holy. I.e., the fullness of the power of the Holy Spirit was that you could live holy. Whereas the power camp downplayed the role of the Spirit in holiness and continued sanctification, saying that really full holiness happened at conversion. We saw last week that there is a type of holiness that, that does happen at conversion, right? But there is also this holiness that the Holy Spirit leads us into constantly. And, but within that, that, really the role of the Holy Spirit in a believer's life was solely for the ministry of power demonstrations of power you know personally i've grown up in a more charismatic background where power ministry is a hundred percent a hundred percent and holiness because of the work of the holy spirit is it's it was kind of coming back but it's it was kind of there but i never really engaged with it uh, I knew I had to live well, but I never really thought that the same power that sees someone healed is the same power that sees me living holy. And so I kind of grew up in this environment, knowing that I needed to live right, but at the same time, not seeing it. Not seeing living right as 100% work that God is doing in me that I actively engage in with him and ask him, challenge me in areas in my life because you put the power in me to live in a different way. You, You empower me to live in holiness. So holiness and power should never be separated, must never be separated. Jack Hayford says it well. He says, let us decide now. To commit ourselves to supernatural ministry, disciplined by a crucified life. And so, over a hundred years later, us today, let's bring them back together in our lives. Challenge ourselves to step out in power and to live in holiness. Not in our strength, but totally in his second point i think there are five today no there are five don't worry there are five um second point holiness and power they're interrelationship see when you make a decision to let the holy spirit lead you into living in holiness you will unlock a certain dimension in the supernatural but this, is, this thing I'm going to share is important to remember, important to guard your heart in. Power, this walking in the supernatural, is not, it is not a reward for living holy. It is not a reward for living holy. I've lived and I, I've lived well. I've lived right. And so therefore, God's going to cause power to flow through me. It doesn't work like that. See, you do not earn Power. The working of the Holy Spirit, when he moves in power through a person, is because of faith. It's because of faith. Faith leads God to action, doesn't it? God acts not because he's moved by their living holy, but because he's moved by their faith. He's moved by our faith. But there is, there is this dimension, there is this position of living that you can only experience when you make a decision to please the Father. Please the Father in every area of your life. We said that last week. The question, the filter to run every action, every decision through to be living holy is does this please the Father? does this please the father because you know if we're living a life and we can answer yes to those questions then we're going to be living holy so in that dimension in that position in that place of living our conscience becomes free in in the moment Our life is, our life, the life that we're living is moving in line with what pleases the heart of God. With what pleases the Father heart of God. What the Father would most want for us. Jesus lived a life that pleased the Father, didn't he? He lived a life led by the Father. He only did what he saw the Father doing. When we lead a life that pleases the Father, our outward lives, our lives here. They become Christ-like. That's living holy. There is this peace and freedom in that place, in that place of holiness, where the obstacles of faith are removed. The distractions are removed. It's a place where we get so used to listening to the voice of the Father, listening to the voice of God, that we hear him and faith flows that we don't think and double-check and doubt and actually I've made some mistakes so maybe God won't do that, that faith flows and we act. We act, we step out, we speak, we say be healed and in that faith, God responds and he acts. You know, sometimes we can be too busy and cluttered up with stuff, our mistakes, our doubt, our guilt, that we miss what the Father is saying to us for that moment. We've got to be in that place where our head, where our ears are on the very heart of God. And holiness helps with that. James, go speak to that person. James, someone in this room has something wrong with their bowel. James, I need you to go and tell this person that because they're suffering and they need to, have, they need to hear my heart for them because all they're hearing is a load of people who don't like them and their heart for them. They need to hear God's heart. We've got to be in that place, be in that position. See, holiness takes us to a place of peace, of stillness, of a free conscience, and faith flows. And so we operate in great faith, and it is faith that moves God. Therefore, we see power flow so do you see power isn't a reward for living holy but holiness positions us for power holiness positions us for power holiness also keeps us safe in the power if you've tracked the pentecostal movement you see many people who maybe aren't living in holiness but moving in power and it's not safe and something happens and they really fall they really make a massive mess up because they weren't living in holiness see holiness will keep you safe in the power see whilst holiness positions us for power it is possible to move in power outside of holiness. If we aren't operating in power from holiness, experiencing power can so easily lead to our hearts being corrupted, leading to all sorts of bad places. Sometimes it's not even your fault. It's how people see you, what people try and put on you, because they, they, they see you as something special. When you're not, you're just living as a child of God, and God is using you to have his power flow through you. God's a special one, isn't he? But power, sorry, holiness, keeps us safe in the power. Power, on the flip side, brings a perspective. It, power reminds us about the context of our holiness. Right? First Peter 1.15 says, But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. Be holy as he is holy. See, when we see the power of God at work, when you see eyes opened, when you see healing come, when you see the sick healed, when you see the hand of God move, when you see miracles, it reminds us that holiness and purity is not to fit a religious mold. It's not to tick some boxes of, yeah, I'm a Christian, so I need to do this, and apparently we call that holiness. It is to reflect him, that we would be holy as the one who's called us is holy. And that power reminds us of the greatness of the one who has called us to reflect his holiness to the world. That a church would reflect the holiness of the king. That would be amazing, hey? Let the Holy Spirit lead you into holiness and into a power-filled life. Number three, the sound believer. I'm going to blow my nose. Be great when we get the mic here, won't it? I'm saying that I do actually have a mic here. That's for all the guys on the podcast. You can. The sound believer. Holiness and power need to be married together to grow a super strong believer that reflects God, that reflects Jesus. If you think of Paul, okay, he didn't just live in holiness and no power, and he didn't just live in power and no holiness. Did he take sin lightly? No, he didn't take sin lightly. Did he pursue holiness and teach people that he was the apostle over to pursue holiness yes he said this first Thessalonians 4 1 and then the beginning of verse 3 so Christian brothers we ask you because of the Lord Jesus to keep on living in a way that will please God does it please the father that will please God God wants you to be holy God wants you to be holy see God doesn't call us to holiness because he wants a bunch of religious follow the rules Christians he calls us to holiness because soundness in our lives joy in life victory in life we'll find in a life doing what pleases the father which is holiness if his wisdom guides you you will walk a straight path there will be challenges there will be storms but you will have built your life upon the rock living a life that pleases the father but also our lives are to be much more than that Yay! I'm living in victory I'm a happy Christian and I'm getting all this stuff and I'm blessed that's great our lives are to be more than that not just that we are strong but that we are revealing him to the world we need, we need to live a power filled life in order to do that. We can't complete the Great Commission outside of a power filled life. We just can't do it. See, we get the, a great example from Paul. We get it from Jesus, we get it from Paul. Paul, he didn't just live a holy life and did lots of lovely things for people, he lived a power filled life. He saw many healed, many delivered, he saw many set free. Romans 15 19 says by the power of miraculous and amazing signs this is Paul writing to the Romans by the power of miraculous and amazing signs and by the power of God's spirit I have finished spreading the good news about Jesus from Jerusalem to Illyricum. Illyricum is modern day Albania, Croatia, Bosnia that kind of coast opposite Italy. So from there all the way down through Macedonia, Greece, Turkey, Lebanon Syria and Israel all that area there fully preached it not just with words but with miraculous signs and wonders I love that you know the gospel and signs and wonders can't be separated that's why so many people are coming to faith in Nepal not because they've been convinced by intellectual arguments but because they're seeing the power of God at work we are the temple of the holy spirit in the old testament god had a temple for his people in the new testament he has a people for his temple god lives in us we are called to be the holy place in the old testament he dwelt in the holy place we are now that holy place to live a holy life but also that the power of the holy spirit would flow from his people Jesus said this about us, about the normal Christian life. John 14, 12, he said, I can guarantee you this truth, those who believe in me. So no one's super special. Those who believe in me, those who believe in Jesus, will do the things I am doing. They will do even greater things because I'm going to the Father. That's amazing. Jesus saying, you'll do even greater things, more, more amazing, more miraculous things than I've ever done. Why? because i'm going to the father because he goes to the father with his perfect sacrifice that we get brought into that place of holiness that we're made holy that we can be filled with the holy spirit and walk in holiness mark 16 17 to 18 and these signs will accompany who those who believe those who believe not just apostles or not just prophets those who believe the normal Christian life And he says, "In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. they will pick up snakes with their hands, and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on people who are ill, and they will get well. That's what we saw yesterday in Nepal. Many, many people getting well. We just put hands on them and said, "In Jesus name, be healed." And they were healed. See, our calling is to be, our calling as the children of God is to be solid, grounded people, living wisely, following the Lord's commands, living to please the Father in all we do, seeing that peace flow like a river in our lives and from our lives as we walk in holiness, but also that we would be a people of power that tear down the works of the enemy that have faith in God's love and power and take action. See, people led by the Holy Spirit into holiness and into power. Just imagine that church, because we're goosebumps. That's what we're becoming. That's where we're going, guys. That's where we're going. That's where I believe God's led a lot of this year up to. If you've been here over the year and listening to all the sermons we've been doing, the, the journey we've been on, we've changed over the year. solid, sound, honest, kind, beautiful, gentle, virtuous, generous, wise, victory flowing through everything, finances, relationships, purposes, health, our emotions, our work, our priorities, but also powerful, risky, faith-filled, impossibility-believing followers of Jesus who see the sick healed, The lame walk, the blind see, and the dead raised to life. That's a holy and powerful church. We want to be that, right? Not a religious church that says one thing and lives another. Not a spectacle-seeking church that looks for the power, but refuses to have their lives touched by the Holy Spirit. Sorry, God, we want to see your power, but don't even think about coming into my life. Don't even think about challenging me on this area of my life not a church that denies the power of God and focuses on our own self-ability to be able to live morally upright holy and powerful we're not there yet but we're on a journey I'm not there yet but we're on a journey see for years I didn't engage with the Holy Spirit in holiness I just kind of tried to live in my own strength in that But how beautiful a picture is it of a child of God led by the Holy Spirit into holiness and into power. See that no sin can ever and should ever have the victory over you. Then No temptation should ever win. It just depends if you're facing it in your own strength or if you're facing it in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, don't let today just be another message. Because this will transform your life. Grasp it with both hands. Engage with the Holy Spirit in it. Point number four. Holiness, power, and the gospel. The picture of a holy and powerful church is not something we need to strive for. Oh, I just really want that to happen. I want that in my life. we could never earn it we could never earn it but it is something we must engage in that we must receive that we must be led into see on the cross jesus paid the ultimate price he bore the punishment for all of your sin every sin that you have ever done every sin that you will ever do until the day that you died was paid for on the cross it was dealt with he took the punishment that we deserve that's mercy us not getting what we do deserve and he gave us the gift that we did not deserve that's grace his abundant provision of grace that's heaven that's eternity that's favour and blessing and promise now in the earth so much see Christianity doesn't teach self-salvation be a good person follow all the rules and you get to go to heaven you are not your saviour say it again you are not your saviour he is your savior it is not faith in your good works and your merit-filled life that saves you that isn't in the bible it's not you won't find it it is faith in him and his work on the cross that saves us he makes it abundantly clear he says it in so many different ways i'm the way i'm the door no one comes to the father except through me i'm the bread of life you've got to eat me otherwise you won't go to the father right If we could have saved ourselves if we could have saved ourselves God would not have had to go to the enormous and pain-filled lengths he went to to save you see on the cross Jesus and the Father were separated think about that God the Father and God the Son never separated before Love itself, because God is love. says that in John, that God is love. Love itself is separated. The eternal relationship, the very thing that Christianity is, the relationship that they have together, that we are invited into that relationship with God. Think of the agony in that. The father and the son went through that agony of separation so that you would never have to experience it never we are adopted into god's family we are called the children of god see god turns his face away from jesus so He never have to turn his face away from you peter describes us as this holy nation what christ has made us what we've come into in christ 1st Peter 2 9 he says but you are a chosen people a royal priesthood a holy nation a holy nation God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light see whilst holiness and power have this relationship that we've spoken about in that second point I have gotta remind you that they both have dependencies the grace of God the fullness of the gospel without the cross you could never walk in holiness without the cross you would never see power see we can live a holy life because the holy spirit who now dwells within us will lead us into that life and guide us in that life it is an exercise of the will it is a decision that you need to make it does take self-discipline but it isn't one of this religious striving to become something and attain something and earn something striving to be religious it's not that doing something in your own strength trying to earn something from God it is about diligently taking seriously being led by the Spirit of God it is about diligently taking seriously being led by the Spirit of God See, we need to make a decision and have a choice and be self-disciplined in constantly deciding to let him lead and not let ourselves lead. Letting him lead you in always, no part of your life off bound to him. See, in holiness, that means no area of your life is off limits. That can be scary, right? There's that black, black box, there's the room you know that we never like to go into god you can go anywhere in the house but just don't go in that room don't go in that room but we've got to let him into every room to everything let him lead you in all ways let him lead you into power that means you let him lead you into opportunities engaging in it taking risks as he leads you we have the freedom to reject the holy spirit's leading we do don't we every day we have a choice are we gonna be led by him or not but the question is if he's not leading you who's leading you who's leading you are you just doing what you think best or are you being led by circumstances are you being led by culture or by someone else are you from your own force of will deciding on a direction are you only opening some areas of your life to him are you being led by him or are you trying to lead him here's some challenging verses romans 8 14 we're children of god right if you believe in jesus we're children of god it says here for those who are led by the spirit of god are the children of god even more challenging verse galatians 5 25 the spirit has given us life he must also control our lives challenging he must also control our lives see back at the beginning of the year we did this series called foundations some of you guys may remember it. i know some of you joined the church since then the first thing in that series of foundations was called presence Living from the presence of God, that the ultimate foundation in our lives has to be dwelling in the presence of God, where we're led by the Holy Spirit, where we're with him constantly. John 15, 4a says, Remain in me, remain in me, be in his presence as I also remain in you. Remember, there's other verses there in John which says, Abide in me, as I abide in you. Powerful. It's important. The Spirit will lead you into holiness, but you'll have to decide to follow Him there. And that may mean living differently. It may well mean living differently. It probably would mean living differently. It may be challenging. Guys, what I want you to get is that this holiness that we can walk deeper into, transforming our lives, is about engaging our will in making decisions to choose life, to choose to follow the Holy Spirit and receive that abundant grace offered to us in the gospel. And the same thing goes with power. We never earn it, but we are led into it by the Holy Spirit. See, if your life is grounded in the presence of God, you will be living holy. You will be experiencing freedom. He will be so real to you that you just hear his voice that you will speak what's obvious to you in faith and the power flows and lastly guys it's quite a short point number five holiness and power must be rooted in love Holiness and power must be rooted in love. I'm not going to go into it, but that's 1 Corinthians 13 verse. Go and read that. That's all about how if we're moving in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, power, Okay, we have to be doing it following the way of love. The exact verse is actually 1 Corinthians 14.1. Holiness and power must be rooted in love. See, we don't live holy to get power. We've said that. We live holy because we love love god and so we do what pleases him we live holy because we love god and so we do what pleases him our motivation should be nothing else besides love that it would break us to grieve the father see we live in a consumer society where it's about what we can get and often that can creep into our faith can't it where we're more focused on seeing the miracle getting the miracle i want to see god do this thing getting that miracle than pleasing the miracle worker we don't pursue power signs and wonders because of the excitement and the spectacle we should never do that we pursue power ministry and we take power ministry seriously because we love what god loves people we love people we love people enough to take risks and risk looking silly in front of them, risk being laughed at, because we want them to experience the love of God. You see, that's what the power is. It's not about boosting ourselves or our ministry or, oh, look, look at what I've done or something like that. It is about pouring the love of God into a situation. Because, you know, when someone's healed, I have not received the gift. They've received the gift and experienced the love of the healer. When someone receives a prophecy, if I give a word of prophecy, I don't receive the gift of prophecy. They receive the gift of prophecy. Because the thing that's been binding them up for years is suddenly broken and undone by the loving word of God that they've received. And they receive that gift. You see, guys, stir yourselves because it's not about You and your ministry is about partnering with God in love and seeing the power of God flow into other people's lives, that they would experience his love. And as they experience his love, they come to him. They come to him. Our love for him and for the things that he loves, people should drive us. I want you to be aware of that, that you would let love rise within you. Let love rise within you for him and love rise within you for what he loves, people, that you would take the risk, that you would step out in power, that you would let the Holy Spirit lead you into holiness because you love the Father so much. See, our heart here as a church is that we would see a generation rise that know the voice of the Holy Spirit, that are confident in him and that are led by him. My heart for us is that we would live in holiness. My heart for each of you is that we would live in holiness. No fear, no judgment, no religiosity. Authentic believers who love God and live consistent lives seven days a week. Holiness and power. That holiness blooms among us and from a very stable and sure foundation, we move in the mighty power of God that we're a church that sees the sick healed because we love the sick and they need healed that we see the lame walk that we see blind eyes open that we see hearts released because we love them and they need to receive the gifts of the spirit see hold these truths tightly guys hold them tightly i encourage each of you with them hold them challenge yourself today challenge yourself disciple others in them that they would prosper in every respect That they would lead victorious, exciting lives, being assured of the power of God flowing in their life and from their life. Sir, can I invite you to come back up? Guys, we're going to go into a bit of a response time just now. It's a moment in our service where you have an opportunity to meditate and just respond to anything that the Spirit's been stirring in your heart. You know, maybe you're here today and you're like, like me, where you've maybe grown up very much in a power, a power background and this being led by the Holy Spirit into holiness is an, a new concept, or it's not new, but you've never actually really grasped it and taken it seriously. Speak to God about that. Maybe you're here, and actually you've never really thought about being led into power. Maybe you've never thought about the gifts of the Spirit as a display of the love of God. That that power can flow in your life. Speak to Him. Open your heart up to Him today. Ask Him, Holy Spirit, lead me in your power. Give me an opportunity this week, and I will take a risk for you. I dare you guys, do it, and come and tell us what happened. As we do every single week, for either anyone here who doesn't know the Lord, doesn't know Jesus, or anyone listening on the podcast, I just want to give you an opportunity to say, I want to start that journey. You may you may still have questions. You don't need them answered. You may still be like, you know, actually, I've got a lot of questions about faith. But there's you see that He died for you on a cross. You see that your sin has been paid for, you want to follow him and find out those answers along the way. If that's you, I'm going to pray a prayer in a minute and you pray it after me. doesn't mean that you have to become religious. It doesn't mean that you even have to go to this church, although you're welcome to do that. It just means you say, God, I want to do this journey with you. I want to speak to you. I want to know you. So if that's you, just under your breath, pray this with me you pray out loud if you want and afterwards i'm not going to embarrass you i'm not going to call you up the front but i will As all eyes are closed just get you to put your hand up because i'd love to chat with you afterwards so if that's you just pray with me jesus i believe that you are the son of god i believe you died for me on the cross to pay for my sin Thank you for saving me, Jesus. I choose to follow you today. I choose to make you Lord of my life today. Amen. Guys, if you prayed that, just as all eyes are closed, just please put your hand up in the air, just so I can see who you are. And I'd love to connect with you afterwards. Thank you. If you're on the podcast and you prayed that prayer, please send us a message. Please connect in with us. So guys, we're going to take a couple of minutes just now, go around and pray with people. If you would like prayer for anything, just please have your hands open in your laps with your palms facing up and someone will come around and just pray with you and then we'll go into our last song in a minute father god i thank you for this day i thank you for those big challenges god i thank you lord that you're real i thank you, holy spirit that you lead us that we get to be led by you lord i pray for this us as a church that we would be a community of people led by you into holiness and into power that we would see many people healed and set free through the week and on Sundays, that we would see lives that are holy. lives lived pleasing you, Father God. Lord, I just pray that you just cover and just surround us all today in this moment. Holy Spirit, come and speak to each heart. Amen.